Hey, this is Bradley Weber. I'm the pastor of Release City Church, and this is our podcast. I'm super excited that you tuned in, and I really hope today's message encourages you, gives you a sense of hope, and inspires you to pursue all that God has created you to be. Now, let's jump right in to today's message. Today is part three of the final installment of this collection of talks, Worship 101. In part one, we look specifically at what's the deal? What's the big deal with worship? What, why is it so important? We talked about what worship is. We said that worship is more than lyrics on a screen. It's, it's more than ink printed in a redback hymnal. Worship is a lifestyle. Worship is, I, I, yes, I can worship in song and I can worship through clapping and playing instruments and all of those things, but worship is also when I'm serving someone, when I'm serving and doing something for other people. That's, that's a lifestyle of worship. He calls us to, says it'll be a sacrifice of worship. How many knows that sometimes when God asks you to help somebody or step in, you don't always want to? Where are all my honest people at? Y'all just always obey when God says, roll your window down at that light in Gainesville and give them $20? Y'all always just obey? That lion speared up in this house today. No, no, no. Worship is when I'm serving. Worship is when I'm giving. Uh, worship is when I'm loving people and serving. That's what worship is. Worship is more than just a song. It's just a portion. My song is just a portion. And worship is an expression, an outward expression of what's the center of my life. What you see up here is an outward expression of what God is doing and has done in my life. The expression is because he's brought me from, from, from a jacked up life, decisions that I made. I know I'm not in here alone. There's a lot of you guys have made jacked up decisions too. Stupid, like stupid, as in S-T-O-O-P-I-D, stupid Stupid mistakes. I mean, God, that, that's, that's the expression. That's why, we, that's why we worship. And then part two, um, we said that regardless of what our circumstances might look like and, and what may be going on in our life, that we are commanded to worship through whatever. Whatever we're going through, I'm going to worship through it. It doesn't matter if, if my washing machine blew up and, and, and went all over my house. This is a true story, by the way. We was up here doing church on a Sunday a couple years ago. Amy did a load of clothes, left them before she came to church, came back. Garage door went up. She opened the door. Our dogs are standing there in a pool of water just looking at us like we didn't do it. And as she opened the door, water just comes flowing out the garage. Over 90% of our flooring in our house had to be replaced. (laughs) So the next Sunday I come up here. You are good, so good to me, even though my house is flooding. Right? Sometimes it's a sacrifice. And and, and regardless of what's going on in my life, I'm going to worship through it. Regardless if I've got bills to pay and, 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 and I've got this unexpected thing, my car breaks down and, and I roll up and, and God says, hey, pay for their gas at the pump. Regardless of what I got, I'm going to worship through whatever. Whatever, I, I'm going to worship through it. See, it's more than a song. Are you willing to serve? Are you willing to give? Are you willing to love people even though you feel unloved? Yes. <laughs> I just don't feel loved. Well, how much love are you giving? Yes, I just don't feel connected. Well, are you connecting? That's why we got our groups. Let's connect. See, people say, I, I want to do, I want to do, I want to do, I want to do. I'm not, I don't feel connected. But when we make opportunities for connection, nobody wants to connect. Sorry, I'm just pastoring for the moment. <laughs> oh, so today in part three, let me move right on. Because sometimes the offense comes up and people can't get any more of what really needs to be said because they are offended. Offended. It's like a neon sign on the back of their shirt. 
I've been offended. Can I tell you that offense is probably one of the most, one of the most popular ways that most Christians actually disobey God? Carrying an offense? It's one of the most popular sins. It's a sin because anything, anything the Bible says not to do and you do it, that's a sin. They ain't ready for that. That's another message. I got to keep going on worship. Maybe next week. So today's message is entitled this. Let your worship fight for you. Because I know I'm in, I'm, I'm in a room that, 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 that people, some people don't understand because they're like, no, 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 no. If somebody said about me and my mama, I'm going to step up and I'm going to do something about it. No, let your worship. What, what, what am I talking about? Worship through Whatever. Worship through whatever, whatever the slander, whatever's going on, whatever, whatever's happening on your job. Worship through whatever. And as you worship, let your worship fight for you. Stop going to Facebook. Well, did y'all know that? Oh, I'm not done. It's regurgitation on social media. It's just bleh, bleh. But if you've got worship in you, regardless of what's happening to you, guess what's going to come out of you? Worship. So I want to start off today by asking this question. Where are all my honest people at? All honest people? Honest today? Honest? Come on now. I'm just trying to get you to raise your hand in church. I mean, we do, we're, we're, we're talking about worship. Where are my worshipers? What hand I want to ask you this question. What would you do if you knew that a violent criminal was planning to break into your home, steal your stuff, kill you, and then destroy your entire family, what would you do? Just think about it. I'm going to answer because I know I'm in the South, and you're human, so I know what some of you would do. What I'm asking is, if you found out that someone was planning to rob you, they were planning to kill you and destroy everything that you've worked your entire life for, what would you do? Hey, yes, 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 get on my knees. Okay, here we go. You ready? That would have been the first one. You just wrote my, rewrote my notes right there, Miss Pearl. This, the next thing you would do, some of you, some of you, would call the police. You would reach out to a higher power and reach out to someone who has a higher authority for protection against this enemy. True or not True. True? Next thing you would probably do is you would lock and load. Where are, <laughs> where are all my lock and loaders at in the house? Yeah, yeah. Lock loaded and ready. Listen, you would be ready to protect and defend at all cost. Next thing you would do. See, I knew I was in the south, like the deep south. Like there's not much further south that you can get. I know there's a silent army in our nation, and most of them live in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Number, the next one would be you would make sure that your home was, your home was locked down. How many of y'all do that for you? I, I, I know, we still, we still live in a day where people would actually leave their house and don't lock the doors. But the last thing that I do before I go to sleep is I'm making sure all the doors are locked, double bolted, and the alarm's on. Like that's, that's just protection, right? So you're going to make sure. The next thing you would do, I remember doing this when I was a kid, and I would be left alone uh, uh, at, at night, and my parents would be somewhere. And... and, and it might have been my teenage years. I don't know, but I'm confessing. But anyway, turn every light in the house on. Y'all remember that country song? Every light in the house is on. See, I, I'm not supposed to sing country. That's why that came out like a frog. But 
I don't even know who sings that song. I know Amy Weber thinks my tractor's sexy, though. But anyway, anyway. <laughs> okay, let me bring it back. I just had to throw that out there. She thinks my tractor's sexy. Okay. Y'all know why I could be free with that joke? Because she's serving. She's worshiping next door. She's serving next door. But I know, I know, I know. Somebody in the room's going to run right over to her and tell her, get him, Jesus. All right, the point that I'm trying to make, oh, let me, let me. You'll turn every light on, every light in the house on, right? And then the next thing you'll probably do is call for backup. Now, you're not going to, I'm calling for somebody like Greg Michael, who's he's out serving and policing right now. In, in our big guy, always at the door, right? It's so funny because he'll tell me, he'll say, hey, so-and-so, th- this particular family was just driving by or walking by. And I told him, hey, y'all come on to church. And they came. I'm like, if you asked me to come into church and I didn't know you and looking at I would come to church too. <laughs> that brother's good. Yes. Yes. Anyway, you call for backup. Now, the point that I'm trying to make is this. If you knew that an enemy was coming, you would take extreme measures to protect yourself, protect your family from the enemy. True or not true? Can I be completely frank with you, straightforward with you today? That is exactly the situation that you and I are in today. There is an enemy who is planning an attack. He wants to rob from you. He wants to kill you. He wants to destroy everything that you have. You ever heard this? God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Ever heard that? You have an enemy. His name is Satan, and he hates you and has a wicked plan to destroy your future. It's true. God does love you and has a future. The enemy, there is an enemy. His name is Satan, Lucifer, Beelzebub, whatever you want to call him. And he is out to destroy your life. He's coming for you every day. He wants to steal from you, destroy your faith, and ultimately he wants to kill you. Let's just go to Ephesians chapter 6 real quick. There will be no verses on the screen today. So I hope you got your apps or you got your word today. Okay, we're going to read a lot of scripture, but I want to, I want to give this to you. This is one you're going to be real familiar with. It's Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. I'm reading this from the NLT. It says this, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. Stop. The fight is not with your boss. The fight is not with your spouse. The fight is not with your kids. The fight is not somebody who has a different skin color or tone than you do. The fight is, that's not, that's not the fight. The fight is the enemy. And he's out to just kill, steal, and to destroy. It's not a flesh and blood enemy, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. How about that? You got an enemy that you cannot see. What's that, what's that stuff, you guys, for the... For the um, SWAT team, the, the night stuff. You know what you can see? He's not going to answer me. That's okay. Blah. Anyway, I know. I'm trying to keep it on the down low. Anyway, they got this equipment that will allow you to see at night. Can I tell you something? When you get this word in your heart and in your mind, that no matter the darkness that's coming at you, you can see it coming, and you have the power of God's word that is sharper than any two-edged sword to destroy anything that the enemy is trying to throw at you. I was trying to make a point. Come back with me. <laughs> Listen, it's, it's an unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Listen, some of you have convinced yourselves that your fight is against people, people of different backgrounds, people who have a different political view than you. Listen, the Bible is clear. Our fight and our battle is not, is not with people. I heard stories just this week of people who are bashing other people. 
And that, that, we, have, we, have, we have skin, like that hurts, right? Words, words do hurt. Come on. But listen, the fight isn't that person. The fight, the fight is actually somebody you can't see. And he's dark, crafty, and evil. I got to get this word hidden deep in my heart that I will not sin against him. And that I can see. I can see. I can see. I can see. I can see the enemy when he's coming. I can see his plan. I already know what he's got. But the word of God says the weapon may be formed, but it won't. He may pull that thing through the sheath. But it will not disturb the ground. Period. I know that as we get ready to put this sign up on our property, people are already talking. I know people are talking already. Good stuff. I mean, it's, it's, it's great. But let me tell you something. The ground that we're taking is not going to come easy. It's going to take people getting in the Word, not just the pastor and the leadership team. It's going to be people in this room getting together. When you know, when you know, when you know that there's an enemy coming against your house, don't you think for a second he ain't coming against this house? It's got to be people that are willing to stand up. The same thing you do for your family, this is your family. Most of my earthly family is in heaven. Guess where our family is? We moved down here, yes, for the call of God in 2014. We had no idea what was going to happen eight years later. We moved down here to be with family. They moved. <laughs> they got a new address. Dad and Robin, they're in heaven. So guess where our family is? So it's time for us to stand up for one another. Listen to what the Spirit of the Lord is saying today. This is not just, this is not just play time. It's strategic warfare, planning time. Listen, you cannot fight, you cannot fight supernatural enemies with a natural weapon. And your worship is a supernatural weapon. That's why we put that sign up. Worship is a weapon. So release the sound of worship. See, y'all didn't know that when we put that banner up, that word release was there months before we changed the name because there was a direction and you know how you know how you you know how you you know how you find the direction for from god for your life before it's time you get in his word see a lot of us just want to show me now and i'll do it now no he'll show you now but that doesn't mean it's time throughout scripture the bible shows us that the weapon in this warfare, in this fight, is worship. That's why we took three weeks out of this month to talk about worship. Worship is how we confront and conquer the enemy. Yes, the songs. Yes, the serving. Yes, the giving. Yes, the loving. You, 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 you know how you slap the enemy square in the face when he's throwing all of this at you and you walk up in here and you go, God, I'm going to worship you regardless of what I've got going on. God, you bless me, so I'm going to bless your house so there'll be food in my house so that the message of the gospel continue to go forth. That's how, you, that's, how you, that's how you give the enemy a jab back. When he starts messing with you, you just keep going. But instead, we come in here and sulk. Dude, God wants to pour out more than you can even imagine. And you're not prepared to take it from a seated position. Seated position. It's time for the army of God. Man, I'm not looking at just a church family. I'm looking at an army. 
I see strength. In, I see strength. Somebody said uh, uh, in week two of this series, man, it gave worship purpose. And now I understand that my worship isn't just a song. It's things that I do. It's my lifestyle. It's how I'm, how are you worshiping? How are you going to worship tomorrow? Okay. So we're talking about a battle. So I like, uh, we're going to go to Second Chronicles. That's back in the Old Testament. Second Chronicles chapter 20. This is, a, this is a war story. And this is where we're going to just dive in for just a few moments. Worship is how we confront and conquer the enemy. He's already been defeated. But he can still mess with you. If you don't push back. Here we go. Second Chronicles chapter 20 verse 1 says this. After these, the armies of the Moabites, the Ammonites, and some of the Meunites, all the ites were there. Probably cellulite. <laughs> Parasite. I don't know. All the ites were there. Okay, let's keep going. You got to keep the Bible interesting, guys. Come on now. Okay, here we go. All the ites were there, and they declared war on Jehoshaphat. Messengers came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army, listen now, think about where we're at and what we're talking about. A vast army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. They are already at Hazazan Tamar. If you're looking for baby names, that one's available. Verse 3, Jehoshaphat was terrified by the news, listen, and begged the Lord for guidance. How many of us have actually got to a place when, we're, when we know we're surrounded and things aren't going good, we actually beg God for guidance rather than, but instead we go to Facebook and declare war on people. He also ordered everyone in, in Judah to begin fasting. Hello. So people from all the towns of Judah... Why did, why did Pastor B call a fast for the church? I, I just don't understand. You need a sign? Here's your sign. And he answered prayers in less than 30 days from the last day of the fast. So the king ordered a fast. So people from all the towns of, of Judah... Uh, came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judea and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard at the temple of the Lord. He prayed this, O Lord, God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth and you are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. Think about where we are in this nation. There is nobody who has power that wasn't given it. By the one who holds all power. Amen. Let me keep moving. Oh, our God, you did not drive out those who lived in this land when your people Israel arrived. And did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? Your people settled here and built this temple to honor your name. They said, whenever we are faced with a calamity such as war, plague, Or famine, we can come to stand in the presence before this temple where your name is honored. That's why we back up in here. We can cry out to you to save us and you will hear us and rescue us. And now see what the armies of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir are doing. 
Verse 11. Now see how they reward us, for they have come to throw us out of your land, which you gave us an inheritance. Oh, our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless. He's talking about, man, there's an army around them. We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. When you don't know what to do, look to God for help. Straight out of the scripture. Listen, they were scared and didn't know what to do. Anybody ever been there? Scared and didn't know what to do? What'd they do? They worshiped. As Christians, listen, I know this is not popular, but I'm just going to tell you. As, as believers of Jesus and followers of Jesus Christ, listen, you're going to go through difficult times. I say this all the time. You may be in one now. You may be on your way out. But guess what? The enemy can come right back before you take the next step and throw one more thing right back on you. And sometimes you're in the middle of a storm and it just feels like hurricane season in Florida. Come on, somebody. It's just everything's just whirlwind. And you know what? You know what happens when you're in the middle of a storm? It's very easy to become disoriented. So what do we do when we get in a storm? What's the Bible say? When you're in the middle of a storm? I'm worshiping. I'm serving. I'm giving. I'm loving people. That's how you fight back. I say this all the time. Man, when the devil pushes, push back. When he punches, punch back. That's how we do it. Listen, God never promised us that he would keep us from difficult times, but he did promise to be with us through them all. My God will not forsake me. He will never leave me abandoned. And he, will ne- and he won't leave you. Listen, even God will allow you to go through things more than you can handle. But I thought the Bible said that God won't give you more than you can handle. What he said was, I won't tempt you more than you can handle, and I'll show you a way of escape. God will surely put more on you than you can handle so that you can depend on him to get you out. Because if you could do it without him, there's no purpose or need for you. You didn't create this world. God did that. Listen, he, he, may, he may allow you to experience pain so that you can depend on his strength. He, he, may allow, he may allow a temptation or a sin that you can't conquer so that you have to depend on his sufficient grace, like Paul. He may call you to something greater than your own ability. Let me tell you, I've never built anything but a popsicle stick house and a gingerbread house at Christmas. Huh? Some of y'all, that, that's really not funny. You're like, well, we, we, we kind of figured that. But guess what? I, don't, I didn't have 70 grand in my bank account. Somebody used to say years ago, well, everything we need is in the house. And everything it took to make this happen was in the house. It was in this house. It was in this house. I can count probably with the exception. I can count on one hand. Minus two fingers of how many people that actually gave outside of this house for the building fund. So every, what do you say? Everything that we needed was right here. Everything that you need, you've already got. His name is Jesus. But we're looking through Facebook and we're Googling, asking, asking Siri. We're, ask the Holy Spirit. It works. It works. He may allow you to go through a betrayal or a relationship heartache. Where's all my heartache? 
broken hearted. Somebody said he went from soul, country to soul. Now, listen, he may allow us to go through those things so that we have to depend on the joy of the Lord to be our strength like Nehemiah. The promise that we have in Christ Jesus is that God will never leave us and he will not forsake us. Hallelujah. Listen, you were not designed to carry your burdens alone. That's why we're doing our groups. So you can say, not for you to show up like some of y'all do in here and go, how you doing? Oh man, great week, blessed and highly favored. But that's not what you posted on Facebook this week. We, what, what, we, we coming in with masks. And I'm not talking about the ones we've been restricted to wear. I'm talking about we come in with Halloween masks every week. Looking like you ate a persimmon sandwich. So that's not what we're at. We don't want you to do that in here. If you've had, if I, that's why, that's why when I had, a, when I lost my parents and I had Sundays where I would just come up here and they're, and, and they're right here. I, I got the picture of them. So every Sunday I, I've got their backing. But there were Sundays I came up here and cried. Why? Not because I was trying to put on a, a brave face. No, man, I, it would hurt. So the same is for you. When you hurt, come in here and worship through whatever. Man, when you get in over your head, give it to God. Worship through it. Something I've learned is five minutes worshiping God can erase a whole entire week of stress and anxiety. There's Sundays I walk up here and you see my smile, but it's like I got invisible toothpicks trying to go. But within five minutes of the first song, listen, something changes in this atmosphere. When somebody like Paul says, yes, it sparks something in me. Let me know. I just touched on something that, that they're connecting with. When I'm worrying and I'm carrying the burden, listen, so I'm, this is for somebody. When I'm worrying and I'm carrying the burden, but when I'm worshiping, I'm casting the burden. When I'm worrying, I'm carrying it. But when I'm worshiping, I'm casting it. Did you hear that? A good rule of thumb is this. Listen, if you find yourself overwhelmed often, you might not be worshiping often enough. If you find yourself worrying and overwhelmed often, you might not be worshiping often enough. So what's the principle we need to take away? What's the, what's the, what's the point we, I want you to take away? God, excuse me, God removes worry through worship. God removes worry through worship. I read this this week. Let me, let me read this to you. Worship is the weapon that cuts through the darkest circumstance to speak directly to your spirit. And to remind you of God's truth and power over the appearance of your circumstance. How many knows that your circumstance is just an appearance? Most of the time, what we're seeing is not actually what's happening. And what I'm worrying about probably ain't going to happen. The stuff that we worry about, most of the time does not happen anyway. It's the enemy trying to rob you and steal you of strength and joy and replace it with anxiety, stress, fear, and doubt. Man, Say this with me. Say, my worship is powerful. You are locked and loaded and you didn't even know it. I don't know, I don't know where you stand on the gun control and all that. But this, You are locked and loaded. Will you actually pull that sucker out and do something with it? Will you pull out the word of God and say, no, devil, not today. Not my family. You not, you're not going to have not today. I want to give you five reasons and we're going to go home. Five reasons. To use your worship as a weapon. Here you go. Ready? Number one. Worship changes your focus. Worship changes your focus. This worship, serving worship, 
Giving worship, love worship. Worship changes your focus. When we fix our eyes on the problem, we ultimately invest all of our time and all of our energy by talking and worrying about, about our circumstance rather than remembering who God is in the midst of our circumstance. I wrote it down this way. Worship reverses our worry into a confidence of knowing that God is still in control. Worship reverses my worry and gives me a confidence that God is still in control. Number two, worship, cha worship changes your focus and that worship changes your perspective. It's similar to, ch to shifting your focus. Shifting our perspective calls for us to question the real reason that we're even here. The real reason why you actually show up on your job. You are where you are on purpose for a purpose. You show up at that person's house to do a delivery. You show up at that person's house to fix something. You show up at that house to help them build something. You show up at a store. You show up at a doctor's office. You show up at a computer. You show up for a reason and a purpose. And when you worship, it allows you to shift your perspective and see, your, see things how God sees them, not how you feel and think they are. Worship helps you to zoom out from your circumstances and see the world and eternity the way that God does. Number three, worship changes your circumstance. Now, this is different because I used to say, I've always said that worship may not change your circumstance, but it will change how you feel about it. But hold on. I've always said that because I'm like, well, it may not change my circumstance, but my faith is built up. That's true. But listen. Isaiah 40 verse 8 and Matthew 24 35 tells us that the things of this world will either will either wither and fall and that the earth itself will pass away. God's word endures forever. So what that means is regardless of your circumstance, regardless of how thick it feels, regardless of how hot it is in the kitchen, so to speak, can't take the heat, stay out of the kitchen, regardless of how, it will change. It will change. But the only thing that will remain is God's word. So what are you standing on? What's your faith on? It's your faith on your circumstance, the heat in the kitchen, how hot it is in your, in, in your marriage. And I'm not talking about in, in the bedroom. I'm talking about how hot it is because all of y'all just, just, you know, shooting fire out your eyes. Where are all my ladies at? I know. It's true. It will ch Worship will change your circumstance. It will hold you and carry you over until it ends. Listen, worship renders your circumstance ineffective. It may still be going on, but it will not touch you. There may be flames all around you. Let me talk about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You may be in the furnace, but they, listen, they can't, didn't even smell like smoke. You may be in a fire. My worship will protect me. Number five. Oh, no, no, no. Four. Worship changes your enemy's position. Worship changes your enemy's position. Listen to this. Psalms 22.3 tells us that God inhabits the praises of his people. That means that when you worship God, you invite his presence into your circumstance. And when God is present, Satan has no choice but to flee. Your worship does that. Your worship repositions your enemy. It forces him to back off because when I worship, I'm calling on God. I'm calling on a higher authority. I'm calling on a higher power, which then the word tells us the enemy cannot stand in the presence of God. Number five, worship changes those around you. 
Y'all know the story of Paul and Silas in the prison. They began to worship. And the prison, the, the shackles were loose and the prison doors were open. And the prison guards were saved. Your worship can affect someone else. In closing, are you still with me? Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 13. As all the men of Judah, let's just see how the story ends. As all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, wives and children. Let me just stop right there and say, men, it starts with us. Men, it starts with us. It didn't say that the ladies, this is not a chauvinistic statement. I'm just telling you. I'm talking Bible. I'm not talking about politically correct. Hello. I'm talking about Bible. I'm hoping that's okay. As all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, wives and children, the Spirit of the Lord came upon them, came upon one of, upon one of the men standing there. Verse 15, he said, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, listen, King Jehoshaphat, this is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march out against them. Verse 17, but you will not even need to fight. You got men back there with shields and swords. You're not going to have to fight, <laughs> but we're surrounded. Take your positions, then stand still. That's so hard for us. And watch the Lord's, the, 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 the Lord's victory. Didn't say your victory, the Lord's victory. If it ain't your battle, it ain't going to be your victory. It's His battle. It's His victory. But when we stand with Him, we stand victorious. See, I thought I was going to, y'all thought I, was, I lost you. I, I know, I know, I know, I know. It's not, it's not on my battle. It's his battle. It's not my victory. It's his victory. It's his victory. I can't get the glory. That's why the devil and all of his angels, the demons of today, one third, got kicked out of heaven because he tried to make it about him. Let me, let me just say that real quick. If the enemy who was, who was, if the devil, Lucifer in heaven, can, can convince a third of the angels to slip away with him angels now who are in God's presence we just down here believing we're going to see it one day now I know I will but they were there and, and, and one third of the angels were deceived if he can deceive angels how quick do you think he can knock us off down here a angels they're now demons or devils take your positions and stand still and watch the Lord's victory he is with you I'm talking to somebody oh people of Judah and Jerusalem do not be afraid or discouraged go out against them tomorrow for the Lord is with you for the Lord is with you then King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same worshiping the Lord then the Levites from the clans of hard word and hard word stood to praise the Lord the God of Israel with a very loud shout so when Pastor B or whoever the worship leader is one day says lift up a shout of praise there's a reason why because my shout will shift the atmosphere 
my shout will shift my circumstances. My shout will, it will, 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 will call the angel armies of heaven to my defense and relocate, relocate the enemy. A couple things I wrote down. I'm not, uh, uh, the rest of this story, you can read it. They put the worshipers out front of those who had weapons. That'd be like Sheriff Bobby telling the, telling the SWAT team. He ain't here, but just work with me. Telling his boys to have all that stuff, all the equipment, all the gear. Let those, let those people down there at release go out in front. I know y'all have got them held in. Listen to me. I know you've got the enemy held in that house. But let's put some worshipers out front. Somebody said that would never happen. It happened in the Bible. These jokers were, 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 were equipped with all kinds of equipment and stuff. And they put the worshipers out front. Somebody said, I'm going some, to need some direction from Jesus himself before I go out. <laughs> I'm not telling you to do anything stupid. Let me tell you something. Ah, gosh, almighty Jesus. Let, let me, a couple things I wrote down. It's not our, it's, it's our job to worship. It's God's job to win. It's our job to worship. It's God jo God's job to win. When you worship, God's turn, God turns the places of battle in your life into places of blessings. I know that before we actually turn the key and walk in for the very first time, there's going to be battles. But God will turn that place of battleground into a place of blessing. Worship is how we win the war. So at the beginning, I'm done. You can close your notes. We're going to worship out of here. We're going to worship out of here. <clears throat> so grace get ready at the beginning of this message I asked you what would you do if you knew there was an enemy planning an attack on you and your family and, 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 and we just all agreed that yes some of us would call the police listen when you worship you are calling on a higher power to come and fight on your behalf some of you said, well, I'd lock and load, that you would arm yourself. Listen, when you worship, you are arming yourself with every spiritual weapon at your disposal. When you worship, there are things that you would, you would not be able to see when you're in the flesh. What's that look like? The flesh is, I don't care what Pastor B said. He don't know what my week's been like, and I'm going to stand here. You sing. Somebody said, I never say that. Your level of worship is an expression of what's going on on the inside. Somebody said, we'd lock every door. Listen, when you worship, you are guarding your heart by reminding your spirit that God is with you. That's locking the door. Lock the door to your heart. It was Tama who, 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 who and I know we're not, we're not supposed to tell what we fasted, but she fasted social media through the fast. And, 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 and shared with us how, man, she just felt set free from a lot of the negativity and stuff. And then she told us as we closed out the fast, I'm not going back yet. And today she announced, hey, I'm back. I knew she was back because I started seeing uplifting posts, man. My, it sounded like a lotto machine on my Facebook page. Man, I love it. But she told us today, I no longer, it doesn't have the pull. 
See, when you lock stuff down, you're guarding your heart and reminding your spirit that God is in control. It's not about your circumstance and how you feel and what you see. For those of you that said, I'll turn every light on. Listen, when you worship, you're letting the light of Jesus Christ come in and drive out all the darkness. And lastly, I believe it was Garth Brooks sang a song, I Got Friends in Low Places. Am I right? Was it him? Call your friends. Because we all need somebody to lean on. Listen, I, I call my friends. Listen, when you worship, you are alerting the commander of heaven's armies to send in reinforcement. When I worship, I, I, am, I, am, I am requesting backup. As we leave today, we're going to lift up a shout. As we leave today, we're going to worship, and then, and then Adam's going to come up, and he's going to close us in prayer, a prayer blessing. We want you to have an amazing week, but I'm just telling you, this is, this is it. This is, this is it for the, for, the, for the worship series, Worship 101. This is it. This is a turning point. When the battle comes this week, remember it's not yours, it's his. When you're looking for a victory, remember it's not yours, it's his. But when you stand with him, and because he's a winner, and he's our champion, you will stand victorious. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Father, for all that you're doing. Father, for all that you've done. Father, for all that you're going to do. Lord, we thank you for the breakthroughs. We thank you for the blessings. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives, in our children's lives, in our family members' lives. And Lord, I pray this morning, Father, that as we go out this week, Father, that, that you bring us somebody, Lord, that we can make a difference in. May we be the light, Father, in dark places and help us make a difference, Father, for those that need you, Father, for those that need to be in the house, Father, getting fed. And Lord, we thank you. Father, I thank you that I came in with an empty tank this morning, Father, but that you filled me up today, Lord. And I thank you that you've prepared me for this week and everything that is to come. And I never have to worry about being by myself. And I pray that over my friends this morning and over my family members, Father, that you would encourage us Father, for all that is to come. And we thank you that through our worship, everything changes, Father. We can change everything through our worship. And we thank you for that education. And we lift up the Webers this morning, Father, and we just pray a hedge of protection around them. Lord, after he delivers a message like this, he's vulnerable, Father. And we lift Bradley and Amy and Ansley up this morning to you, Father God, and pray that you just put a hedge of protection around them this week and bless them. Bless everyone in their travels to the marriage conference, Father, and just bless our week. And God's people said. Well, thanks again for tuning in. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. For more content from Release City or just to stay connected with us, be sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms at Release City Church or through our website at releasecitychurch.org. We love you, and until next time, the best is yet to come.